Hey guys, Alex here, uh, one of your hosts of the show. We have a very fun interview today with Katie Halper and Gabe Pacheco of the Katie Halper Radio Show. Unfortunately, uh, there were some audio issues that could not be resolved, so the whole thing kind of sounds like it's coming from inside a tin can. So this is me warning you about that. We are undergoing some radical changes in the left jest uh, machinery to improve our audio quality, so hopefully we'll fix all of that up soon. And in the meantime, enjoy this show. I love all of you so much. And I, if I didn't lose that custody battle, I would see you all the time. I miss you so much. Jest, uh, we are your counting source and the number one stop for laughs. I am your host here, Alex Patak, as always, here with my good friend, Anders Lee. How you doing? Good, Anders Lee here. Uh, we are joined this week by two esteemed guests from the Katie Halper Show, uh, one of them being Katie Halper herself. I almost called you Katie Calper. <laughs> that would be, do you have like a, you ever use that as a pseudonym, Katie Calper? Well, I've tried to, but now my cover's been blown, so. Uh-oh. Uh, all right, well, let's not, we'll, we'll edit that part out. Uh, we're also joined by our partner in crime, Gabe Pacheco. Hey, everybody, what's going on? I'm here. Uh, I love numbers. I got the best numbers. He does. That's what it's all about. I he, love counting. I he, heard we were going to count on the show. Right, he knows yeah. he can go above 13. Count our stats. But, uh, you know, we don't want to intimidate anybody. This guy knows a lot of numbers. Um, but speaking of numbers, today we had a vote, very close numerical tally in the House of Representatives. If you love numbers, you're going to love this. Well, yeah, if you love numbers and you think, people. right, yes, yes. If you think of, if you are you love numbers more than people. If you like subtracting uh, people. Right. Subtracting lives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's really what, what uh, the Republicans don't get enough credit for is they are really um, big on the overpopulation yes. issue. Yes, you know? population control, eco, they're, they're earth friendly. That's right. No, uh, carb, no right. carbon footprint when you have fewer foot. <laughs> it's the Bill Burr approach. Mm-hmm. The world also is going to smell better with less people. Um, so yeah, it's pat- not looking good. Or we, it looked. What? Oh, it's so like, yeah. The and, American uh, Health Care Act. Right, it's but back. it's weird if you compare this to like how long it took uh, seven years ago with the ACA. That was like what a took like a year for them to pass that thing, and it looked like this was over for this like uh, a couple, not even a couple, like a month ago. And already they've uh, whipped the votes together. 
Um, why, why are Republicans so much better at getting people in line for stuff like this? Is it because they know what they want and don't just pander aimlessly until uh, someone stops them? Well, that could be. You yeah. mean they have a clear, concise message and they have values that they rally behind? Something like that. Yeah. They and have they, a narrative, right? They do have values. They have a narrative. They're not just not something. I mean, they're contentious and antithetical to things, but in an aggressive way, not in the way that Democrats are, which is just like shying away from. Don't uh, want to go there, but they don't actually have, like, Republicans have the ideological passion to hate things. Democrats have the uh, cowardice to move away from things without having any kind of passion. Right. They don't love anything. Right. They love numbers. They, they love, love moderates. Yeah, complicated graphs. Yeah. And they like polling. They yeah. like uh, tax credits. Suburb, uh, suburb people, like middle class people in the suburbs who they can turn from Republican into Democrats. There's like a good end to a YA novel. You couldn't win because you never knew how to love. Yes, yes. <laughs> or hate. Only once you find the spirit inside can you pass reasonable healthcare legislation. Look, oh, YA being young adult, yes. Yeah. They just need to go to like... <laughs> I'm around a lot of Ys. <laughs> they need to go to like a self-help, uh, like a Tony Robbins, you know, fi firewalk ceremony, mm -hmm. and then just get a whiteboard and come up with goal, a vision and goals, and then stick to it. Is that and a vision board or different? It's a, you know, yeah, vision board, like a whiteboard. White like an array. What? No, it has to be white, but, you know, like <laughs> an array. Right. It's problematic. Right. It could be a, a beige, uh, right. dry erase okay. board. A uh, colorless board. Yes. <laughs> the board could be any color. Yes. It's not about that. Uh -huh. uh, guys, this is a very special uh, crossover episode with the Katie Halper gang. We're going to be covering everything under the sun today. And it's very exciting. Uh, Slap on that uh, SPF 32 banana boat because we're under the sun. We about to burn. Yes. As you can see from my neck, I am yes, already right. burned. Oh yeah, what happened? I was in Washington... Motherfucking D.C. Hell Saturday yeah. afternoon. The dirty district. The dirty district. Swamp town. <laughs> Pea soup. Pea soup. What? Pea soup. People call it that, right? Why? Pea soup. Who knows? So that I, I've, that's I what I've, I've heard. Would it be like I've animal heard. crack? Like, uh, what's it? What's the soup with letters in it? Alphabet soup. Alphabet soup. That's what it could be, right? Because all those aren't they like P Q R S T U? Right. They do have a lot of yes. If we want to just venture into the what an appropriate soup. Embassy soup. They embassy have, soup uh, yeah. they, <laughs> for the recording, I would like to retract my support for pea soup until we see more evidence, and then we will sign No, I swear later. to... Okay, in August. Look, it's like a globalist bouillabaisse. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Down in the swamp. Uh, is this still called Chocolate City? Yeah. I, I don't call it that. I was going to call it Chocolate City because I've heard that Chris Rock thing where he does that a bunch of times. But I was like, you know what? You and Chris Rock have different rules. Right. Like, learn from the office. Uh, know your vessel. Office. Know your vessel. Interesting salt lakes. My vessel salt burns. Is white, you know? Yeah, it's true. Well, to tie this all back together, my vessel burns very easily. I was outside. Wait, your vessel was exposed? My vessel is very confident that it's actually a sleek, tan uh, dolphin Remember. that will never burn and convinces itself that every year until I uh, have to retreat into the shadows and peel like a monster in a cave for a week. Really? You uh, peel? Yeah, not this Why time, don't you just put on sunblock? Too late. No, there's a pro I have a certain amount of pr I mean, I'm a little bit more olivey than you, but I have a certain amount of pride, I'm not going to lie, where I had this, like, like uh, delusions of, of this is what uh, I have oliveness, like more olivey than I am, and I'd like to not have. To, I don't identify as someone who has to wear sunblock, and I feel like pre ozone layer depletion, I'm not one of those people. 
but I have to admit to myself. So you'd like to put the blame on the ozone for this one? This blame it on a, the ozone. Hell yeah, we're on the R and B charts now. I'm surprised I'm not a tomato because I was there too. Uh, I, both you guys were in DC at the same time. You yes, were there but we didn't even see each other. Yeah. Well, I got uh, asked to do like a sketch thing that's not even going to be aired, but um, for the climate march for a, a certain program that I won't mention on air, but it we uh, reading rainbow, reading rainbow. Yes, the, I love the, the idea of a sketch for the People's Climate March. Hey, find the game oh in that world. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> right. It was kind of, a lot of people didn't want to be, because it's like, oh, you're making fun of us. And then we're like, well, no, we're trying to. It, 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 a good it way to a, heighten the scene right. of uh, the world slowly warming due to man-made causes is to actually do nothing. It's true. Yeah. Right. Just, true, yeah. Which is why the situation the right now is so funny. Right. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> but it, 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 it did seem that... This year, uh, there is more of a an anti-capitalist strain mm. in the climate movement. I remember in 2014, there was a big problem with uh, the climate group, which, what, what the hell is it? That already sounds creepy. I know, it sounds like an L, uh, an ink. Yeah, it, 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 it basically is. Right? Yeah, it's, like a a it's like a conglomerate of different NGOs and charities and shit. Well, if we just have carbon credits... More carbon credits, that's going to fix everything, right? Yeah, we just set up that... I saw a lot of signs that said that. See? That's very popular. That's still a th okay because I've been very excited that cap and trade is no longer being proposed by anybody serious. But so that just still oh, no. just a sketch. Right. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, that could be a great sketch if you just get someone to explain cap and trade to like you know a voter who's like poor and like trying to. I don't think like the comedy would come across to most no, people. No, because it's so convoluted, it makes no sense. But then a couple minutes later, you watch it back, and it's like not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> it, li it literally sounds like a musical number from, uh, what is it, like the Capital Steps? Or oh, like yeah. The, like the fall. What are they? I don't even know what they're called. Like I think the P Street yeah. Follies or the something? The Thalia Follies. I did, that was a show at um, Symphony Space on the Upper West Side that Isaiah Sheffer, R.I.P., used to do. I did it once or twice or three times. Yeah. Anders, yeah. uh, so yeah. I haven't really talked to you since your lovely trip, and I yes. missed you, so uh -huh. did, you, did you see any good funny signs at the march? Where were you marching, man? We were by Lafayette uh, Park, right by the White House. But were you near any, like, big groups? I was in a DSA group. We had cool flags. I loved it. I really felt like I was kind of part flag? of a thing. We had lots of just big red flags with a little flower on them. Right, and we were right. around all these, like, confused moms with signs that were, like, Trump equals asshole. Right. <laughs> That's pretty edgy for a, for a mom. I mean, not to generalize, but... Yeah, no, I mean, it would be like that, and then another one would be, like, the same thing, but it would have Photoshop of a person's butt becoming his face. Like, really Ooh, creative, like thoughtless Any signs. Russia stuff? So much Russia That's stuff. Yeah. Um, Trump equals Putin with the U as the hammer and sickle. Right. Oh, love it. Throw in the red baby. Yeah. Let's pretend Putin is communist. It's love not that. too late to think that the Soviets figured out time travel. Uh, I've, I've never stopped thinking that, so it's not too early. You're very advanced. Uh, or is it too late? Maybe if someone's time travel. I took, I took some notes of my favorite signs. Uh, I think the title goes to the little boy in the wheelchair I saw on a sign that just said, I have fracking leukemia. Oh my wow. gosh, are you serious? Oh yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. That's so sad. It's but you really know sad and confusing. But you know what, this is, not, this is not popular. People always are like, oh, don't politicize your kids. 
gave my child leukemia, or fracking gave me leukemia, right. it was just, I have fracking leukemia! I like mean, he's in a Battlestar Galactica outfit. with a pun, also. <laughs> There's no, no change in either of those games, the right. politicizing or the punning. In fact, that's how I was raised. I'm right, you were. Politics and puns, big time. Yeah. So you, I'm a, you were, a, as I say, a red diaper baby. Right? Red di I was a red diaper grandbaby, because I oh, think okay. my parents were red diaper babies, which is literally the kids of communists. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I had um, both Spanish Civil War soldiers, oh, Andy Franco on both oh, sides. Oh, that's very that's cool. Yeah. She's got a Castilian accent, too. Oh, because she speaks Spanish. Oh, I do a little bit. That's That's because I went back to do a documentary. you got to listen to her order tapas. It's crazy. Vamos. Tampoco. Vamos. So they have more of that sort of... Uh, I don't do that set, though, but I have a little bit of a... I said that once when I was... When I'm drunk, sometimes like speaking Spanish stuff. Mm -hmm. When I'm drunk and speaking Spanish, which is what I do, <laughs> Gabe knows. I'm around people who don't speak any Spanish, and right. I can just go there. That's As a power move. Power sure. move, yeah. Well, ideally, we will do a follow-up episode that is just you ordering and eating tacos. <laughs> <laughs> or like actually, what I should do is like order British food, like cucumber sandwiches. And cucumber sandwiches. That's what they eat there. No, but we're, since we're doing the, I'm heightening. I'm yes, oh, okay, yeah. the like inappropriate mm. Spanish uh -huh. in inappropriate context. Yeah. So when you, because I know for me growing up, like communism, you think of uh, the monolithic, uh, like worker camps and just you know dictatorship and all that stuff. Well, what did you associate with communism growing up in your house? Well, I mean, it's funny. It's not even like there wasn't any overt education about communism. I mean, I mean, as I got older, I would hear more and more of my uncle's kind of. Uh, revindications or defenses of communism or criticisms of the of the criticism of communism, but it was things like I, you know I, I grew up knowing about the Rosenbergs. I, I remember like running into Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. We uh -huh. had um, one of their sons on the show. Hell came yeah. on the show. Uh, <laughs> Mir like sure we did. Robert Mirapol <laughs> came on. Bobby or Michael? Bobby Mirapol came on to talk about how there was a New York City act to recognize his mother, mm. which did happen, but. And of course, I went to the summer camp where the, I, the Rosenberg's grandkids went, and they were my counselors. Can we? We'll get back to that in one second. But I want to bring up that Ethel Rosenberg, yeah. set up by the by the her brother-in-law, her brother oh, by the feds, sign up, and her brother. Yes, they knew they used her just as a lever to to screw uh, the levers, whatever to mix metaphor, repeat metaphor. The levers of power. Of, on on uh, Julius Rosenthal, they knew she wasn't involved. What happened was her brother, David Greenglass, literally said, like, years later, that they were like, why did you pretend it was... Because they had evidence against him and his wife, Ruth, okay? So David was like, I don't want my wife to be killed or sent to jail forever, so I'm going to pretend that it was my sister, Ethel. He made stuff up about her. And later on, they asked him why he did that. And she was like, he's like, I mean, I love my wife and my sister, but I don't go to bed with my, with my sister. Like, wow. in the grossest, like, lest you thought Go he was on, a good person. Go on, calm down. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, uh, that's how I heard it, actually, on the calm down episode that he had him on. No. Um, <laughs> but I remember, like, going up to people, like, running into these these people I met with my parents and being, like, totally unprompted, saying to them, my mom, I was, like, six. I was, like, they think the Rosenbergs are innocent, right? Like, that was, like, a reference point that was strong enough for me to, I know. 
You're like, this is why you're an example of why people should not be politicized. <laughs> I don't know who the Rosenbergs are. They were... Do you... Uh, well, the... Uh, Philip and Anders. No, no, you take it away. Uh, yo, they gave, they gave uh, Putin the recipe for bombs. They were accused of selling <laughs> oh, Soviet... No. They were accused of helping the Soviets. They were, they were political prisoners executed in the United States in, under Eisenhower. They got a couple of stays. It was a worldwide case that was condemned by people, by the Pope. I mean, everyone was horrified by it. They had, they had sons. They, they killed the mother knowing she was innocent. They killed them on a Saturday. They were very nice. They waited till the Sabbath. The sun went down, so it was Sabbath or it wasn't. I'm such a bad Jew. Um, <laughs> they had a rabbi there. They electrocuted them at Sing Sing, one after the other. That's nice. And this, this is cool, ready? They were adopted. These They're two boys, Robert and Michael. They were adopted by a guy named Abe Miracle and his wife, Anne Miracle. Abe Miracle was a Brooklyn school teacher. He wrote the song and poem, people think it was just a poem, but the song too, to Strange Fruit, that song that was immortalized by Billie Holiday. This was back in the day he was a communist. This was back when, like, you know, communists were big into the anti-lynching scene, if you will. Yes. There's so, a lot to take in right now, the but whole they thing. also cost Hillary the election. Oh, uh, the blood is now on their hands, though. <laughs> yeah. Just now. Uh, well, that was very upsetting. AHCA is going to the Senate. That's upsetting. We were at this climate march. I'm getting burned. That's upsetting. You're feeling the burn. I'm feeling the burn. Uh, long after the time has passed. But it's really led me to this next question. Everybody's tweeting about how they're going to be killed with this new medical bill. Uh, as young revolutionaries yourselves, what is your favorite dystopian way to die? Okay, you're going to... You, unlike you... This is probably the one in 70,000 people who actually have a response that he's thought about a lot. Not uh, to set you up in case you don't, but <laughs> I feel like you will have, like, you'll have uh, my, my top I, three. I definitely uh, am both horrified and fascinated by the idea of all of us having to wear explosive GPS collars. Oh, my God. Uh, like Battle Royale? Yes, or uh, Running Man. Both, mm. both of those have the explosive collar. But, you know, right there, that's like a, that's a way to go. Oh my god. It's, you know, but Katie's they, not a fan of this one. You can see, I mean, I can see why parents would be into the idea of uh, GPS tracking collars because, you know, your kid might wander off or get uh, kidnapped and abducted. But they might and, be doing sex. They might be doing sex, and you need to know. You need to know where you they are. You find them times. to tell them, to give them yeah. cues, yeah. hints. So you give, you, you make Eye sure. Eye contact! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little tracker. Yeah. But, you know, the government just puts a little, a little micro explosive device in there as well, and boom. Yeah, that is a well, really good. Why one. do we have to go out like that though? Like, was that? Oh, this is just there? if you got to pick in the new realm of fun, uh, terrible ways to die. Okay. You know, what would be your one of choice? Um, I'm gonna have to say probably something where I get shot in the space. If that's gonna happen, do you survive them? Like, do you get to enjoy space at all? <laughs> no, 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 so no, no. So your no, body no, no, no. probably. Yeah, something happens. I'm like working on an airlock or something, and I fall out. I'm pretty optimistic of myself. In this I'd one. like the idea if we could have a camera feed in in the capsule, and so they shoot you into space in a capsule, but it, it's not pressurized. <laughs> so as you start going further and further up, your body expands with the lack of. Uh, pressure on you so it's like a super expensive execution oh yeah i feel very feminine right now like very like like circular you've been like thought about your death i mean like i know it's such violent. a generalization this is so terrible you I'm look so even basic. more feminine with no pressure on your bones releasing your body into exactly. more circular shapes right. well i right. actually want to be suffocated by flowers there you go there so. you go 
That's wow. I'm glad that uh, someone said what I was too afraid to say. <laughs> no, but it's, it's so funny. I've never. Is this mean like? Is this saying if the planet's gonna go? How would you want no, to go? Like out? A, or, a, you know, leader Trump coup d'état. You know, all dissidents are. Oh, how would yeah. we like Trump to take care of? I get it. God, you choose your own execution event. You right. can actually in Utah, I believe, you're allowed to choose your the way you die. I think and you're you right. Do firing, firing squad, squad yeah. right? Did if they you want, yeah. Oh, that's another great topic. The death penalty. Oh, we yeah. love that. Oh, you love yeah. the death penalty. We love it in Arkansas. Oh yeah, true. Four and eight days. Four and eleven. Days. I think firing squad sounds better than the chair. It does, yeah, it's more rock and roll. It's probably better than the, um, the, injection? the injection that just expired, that drug expired, which is why they had to rush through those executions. Right, so this happened in Arkansas, they, the, the, uh, yeah. Vaseline or something? So one of the components of the cocktail was go, was expiring, and they were like, well, we need, we need to use it all before right. the date. I already like, bought all this methasoline. No, literally, though, they said that out loud, that's a crazy yeah. thing. They could just use like, club soda? Yeah. Oh well, you could you could literally inject uh, right. air bubbles into somebody and they'll die. Uh -huh. So there's no reason to. But even... this, but this is painful, and they have documented how painful and unpredictable it is. They paid a team that. of scientists to come up with air bubbles plus, but and that's a, what we're paying for. It's so absurd that they're that they yeah. that they that we need to if there's an expiration date on the poison. They're like, yeah. we can't use it anymore. Yeah, it's going to go bad. It's going to go bad. It's going <laughs> to lose efficacy. Right. It's still poison. It, what if it, it kills someone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the state of Arkansas. We need the highest grade organic yeah. poison for our... Can you imagine how much that must feel like... I, I mean, being one of the lawyers or the family members on that case, and one of them, the last one killed his one of his victims' um, daughters and mother, and wife, sorry, did not want him to be killed. And, like, the Asa Hutchinson didn't care. The governor didn't care. Mm. He's got ice water in his pants. Is she a Democrat or Republican? Republican. Republican. But that's not, I mean, the scary thing is, yeah. it's a bit better now than it used to be in terms of... But it doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican in Arkansas. When Bill Clinton was the governor of he Arkansas... He flew back, especially Ricky to kill Ricky Ray. He was like, yeah. do we have any special needs uh, people who black. are incarcerated? Hopefully black. Yeah, we need a black, uh, of, like, um... Mentally uh, retarded human we, being you, on death row to kill. To you know what people's our need, our our feet, our habit. Yeah. You know what people's defense of that is What's is that, that he became mentally ill during the crime because he, I guess, was shot during the mm. crime. So their uh, thing is like, uh, who cares? The guy was. A, I mean, it, it kind of is an interesting legal thing and shows you how sadistic. In case we need any reminding, but it's like the ethics of the death penalty are so weird. Yeah. Like. There was this guy I wrote a piece about in Vice a couple years ago named Pen Scott Panetti, who was paranoid schizophrenic. He'd been diagnosed 14 years before he killed his in-laws, which he definitely did. They were allowed to... I actually remember texting you Keep about going. this when we were friends. Okay, before we were enemies. We, he was allowed <laughs> to um, represent himself in the court of law. A not, schizophrenic not man. Only, yes, not only was he allowed to represent... Not only was he deemed competent, which is one level, he was allowed to represent himself. He wore a purple cowboy suit. His witness list had Jesus Christ, JFK, and the Pope on it. Um, so he was dressed like Prince. That's an all-star team. Yeah, I know. Good backup. You got to have right points to. If they're there, if they're behind you on this, yeah. <laughs> he there's a, a, a principle called the Panetti principle. It's a Supreme Court case named after him, which is that you can't just kind of be aware of why you're being killed. You have to have a real understanding of it. Because he thought that he was being killed, 
because Texas was the devil, which isn't that far off. Right. Texas was the devil, and they wanted to stop him from speech, um, sharing, spreading the gospel. He knew that he had killed his in-laws, but he thought that the real reason was the Texas thing. Anyway, was the Texas devil Like, thing. those are half-truths. Exactly, yeah. You know what? Everyone gets on Bill Clinton's case for going to watch a, a mentally disabled man put to death. With a hard-on. With a hard-on. No, but no not one the considers... Band, both of them, actually, both. No one talks about it, but they both had on. When you play the saxophone, you need to experience real emotion if you're going to go out and blow, you know? Mm. And that's where he, what he's providing you gotta for the rest loose. of us. Right, all those saxophone players have to in the, grapple In the with. Oval Office. Every yeah. saxophone player has seen someone put to death. There he, yeah. I ahead. was going to say, if you're an artist, you need to uh, you need yeah. to have life experience. You need life experiences. You Tragedy. can't be blogging in your little safe spaces. I'm getting set the off. The thing is, he's really bad, apparently. Like, everyone who doesn't play in music thinks he was really good out of ignorance. But right. apparently people are like, eh, not that, really. Saxophone's easy. I played the saxophone. Well, you have to practice, though. You know, he probably didn't have time to practice. Yeah, that's true. No but time. There is an all interesting theory floated that he, um, all of his, his executions and also the bombings he uh, oversaw as president kind of coincided with some sex scandal. Oh, they did, right. yeah. And so, I, I mean, I don't know how much of that is just, it's just a distraction or if or it's some psychological, yeah. like, oh, I see. sexual oh, thing like he has. Oh, like release. Yeah, yeah. I know one of those things, one of them did with Monica Lewinsky. Was it like, um, was it, um... Sudan, I think, Sudan, the pharmaceutical yeah, factor, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about the other ones, but, uh... What a gem of a human... I, well, one of the things I am happy about, about the 2016 race is that now, like, the best thing that people say about Bill Clinton is like, look, he wasn't running for president, all right? Don't, don't <laughs> make it about him. Right. Like, nobody's oh, really totally. defending his record or him. People no. are defending his record. No, what they do is they want it both. They want to be able to point to, if you look at, if you want to talk about the 90s, and then also, like, so, so Clinton and her supporters would point to accomplishments of Bill Clinton from the 90s, but then if anyone brought up anything bad from the 90s, you were being sexist. Right. Speaking of the 90s, a turbulent decade agreed by most, but almost nothing compared to the rock and roll stylings of the 1970s, where around the world, militant groups were springing up like cookies on a baking sheet. Uh, here we have resident correspondent Gabe Pacheco, who's been reading about these recently. Uh, Gabe, what's your favorite militant group coming out of the 1970s? Oh man, well there, there were so many, uh, but there's, the, there's a great movie called The uh, Batter Meinhof, Right. Uh, complex and it's amazing and it follows the sort of evolution of uh, German uh, anti-war protest protesters and students who like uh, by the 70s basically become uh, bank robbers when they oh, hook yeah. up with when they hook up with batter is this a documentary or this, this a, is this is a, this is a movie about about it's a real movie it's a narrative yeah. are these but, Frankfurt school students <laughs> <laughs> they were they were <laughs> they were down oh, yeah. with Marcus. Oh yeah, and, and uh, but, but that's that's one. I, I mean, I love all these movies. So one, there's that, and then there's uh, Carlos, which is another movie on Netflix. He's a beautiful man. Uh, which follows not Carlos wasn't one of these guys, but jackal. in the film, the jackal is at points uh, supported by the Japanese Red Brigades Whoa. who were operating in Europe at that time as well, and you can see them in in the Carlos film. They appear. Say what? You're like, they make an appearance in the Carlos <laughs> they, Wait, is the they make, is They're not like, in the story. They just peek up is, in the background. Is that the Edda guy? The jackal? Edda? The... Uh, he was not a jackal. He was not Edda. He was from uh, Venezuela. 
and but his parents were communists and he went to school in Moscow. So he was a red diaper baby as well. Mm. And he was just about ten years too late to be like part of part of any meaningful uh resistance. So he emulate I'm sure he like emulated um Che. Mm. But you get to see like in his story sort of the like the 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 a leftist moving from any sort of idealism to uh to becoming a mercenary. Like oh, he, wow. he ends up working with um Libya and Syria towards the end of his life. Um another one oh well he's still alive. He's incarcerated in France now. But the Jackal's a good one. Uh I just read this fantastic book I recommend to everybody. Um if you're thinking about like the left and uh, violent struggle, mm-hmm. violent resistance, it's uh, Days of Rage, which uh, is uh, a history of all of these different leftist groups that um, sort of went into violence. And it's not more, just the weather underground. It's not just they the weather underground. They hog everything. They, they're such hogs. So yeah, Days of Rage, it's by uh, Brian Burrow, and uh, who they, they talk about the FLN. And uh, the uh, Black Panthers becoming the Black Liberation Army, and you know these these little groups that got more and more isolated as their message became less palatable by the mainstream. And as people on the left, it's like our job to sort of rebrand. Yeah, and like mm. sell these ideas to more and more people. Yeah. Like we want mass appeal. Sometimes it's cool to fight cops, <laughs> or like it's sometimes it's cool to give free breakfast. <coughs> Yeah, yeah, that is always cool, usually. Right. So, I mean, well, that was when they were, like, on the uptick. Right. You're getting more and more fans when you do things like free right. breakfast. And uh, as long as the FBI doesn't uh, execute, you know, the, the members uh, of so you're, So the thesis the is kind of like when they're driven out of, of existence, like when they're being attacked, they, they cling to more extremist under round things right what but then also so so they go they became further and further further radicalized but they also lost any connection to reality as they started becoming more insular and cult-like in their you know you you get these little cells of people who are not interacting with anyone in the mainstream and aren't holding down any jobs it's like when i'm blogging for a week and don't leave the house right this is it is just like that and you guys, ha- well, like, uh, one connection to the show that you already did was it reminded me a little bit of the episode on Timothy McVeigh that uh, you guys did. And uh, the in the documentary on Oklahoma City, the precursor to McVeigh was a guy named uh, Robert Matthews. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, and, and they were talking about the Aryan Nations out in um, the Pacific Northwest and how he got, like, a cadre of 12 dudes together to go rob banks to further fund their their idea of an uh, insurrection against the U.S. government. You gotta get the money somewhere. Right. Nothing wrong with getting money. Yeah. That's what we've seen all over the internet this week with Obama getting the $400,000. Dude, love the, racist. Hey, I'm all... Get, get it. Get it. Just get it. You gotta get it wherever you can. Keep I'll help you rob a bank. Just guys, get it money. Hard. It was hard. He worked hard. And what is he supposed to do now? Sing for his supper? That's like my favorite defense of it. Yeah. <laughs> he just signed a $60 million deal. Yeah, but over. that only goes so far. And he, his pension is 200000 a awesome year so far. for the rest of his life. If you want to buy a house that is a pool, that can be very limiting because yeah. of all the up costs after that. But back to the weather underground. They sent their kids to my summer camp. Really? Obama's? No, the, the weather, underground. Uh, weather underground. But actually, 
Bill Ayers was the one member panel who yeah. said Howling Around Terrorists. That was him from the Weather Underground. What? So Bill Ayers uh, jump-started Obama's career? Well, he was a liability to it, uh, although not that much. But he, he was like on a panel with Obama that like Ronald Reagan put together. That's the irony. There's something to do with ah. Ronald Reagan. I guess Obama, that's impossible. But it was some Reagan-backed Something at some meeting in Chicago. That yeah. There's probably, you know, he probably went to one every night almost. What I was going to say is uh, if, if these groups, these militant groups, didn't take uh, the increased pressure on them from the government of being hunted down and killed and radicalized to become more insular and violent, instead just radicalized their breakfasts, we could be seeing them around today. Like Do, fusion? Uh, like fusion? Put Mountain Dew on the menu. Oh, like that. Okay. Put the. Waffles on your head now. Waffles on your right. head. This is revolutionary. You don't know I what you can do. Saying. But there's also the issue of, uh, of course, the COINTELPRO and government, um, right? You know, also pressing. Who paid for the food pyramid? All the money. Ooh, good mm. Big dairy. Yeah, big dairy. That's true. Yeah. Big corn. All these waffles going together. Anyone think it's weird how like the CIA and FBI are, are like heroic these days, according to lots of liberals and Democrats. That's my new right. least favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were all on the same team together, being like, oh, the shadowy kill men are actually yes. on the bad side. Mm, yes but and now no. that's, we've lost it. It's, right. it's, always, it's like the aliens versus predator argument for me. You know, I'm like, oh, well, no matter what side you're, you're backing, it's still terrible. It's bad for us. But, uh, at, you know, but when it comes to Trump, though, the thing is, is that he was democratically elected. I mean, certainly he didn't win the majority right. of the uh, popular vote, right. but he did win uh, the votes. He won the game. Yeah, with, exactly. Within was... the apparatus that we've all right. set up and, and decided that we agree is what we're going to use until we get rid of the Electoral College. Um, but, uh, but with the deep state... I mean, those are, what, do we really want to go to, like, a Latin American junta? Oh, you mean, like, overthrow him? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you can get a great dictator that way. Uh, <laughs> like just... A philosopher king? Yeah. <laughs> or you get the Mad Dog, just he runs everything now. <laughs> mad Dog Mattis? Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> In my brain, he's just Mad Dog for short. I was just... really waiting for that to tie back into Alien vs. Predator <laughs> at some point. Just put John Brennan of the country and like no one can hear his address he's like mumbling he's in a black room where you don't you only see his hand like the young pope <laughs> i haven't seen that is that good uh it's weird i recommend it it's interesting film stuff i mean ideologically it's a uh, a fuckable pope i mean what's so different about frank yeah right now please Pretty. don't call him frank frank and beans Francis well, and Beans is yeah. his name. How much do you, do you think that, like, putting him in the papacy was just to distract from... It's like an Obama move. That's yeah, what, yeah. That's what my ex-boyfriend would say. Mm. Not like he would, like I imagine, like, he did say that. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Colombian, from Colombia, and... Uh, Who so in the Vatican would be pulling that move, though? People want to distract from the, yeah. the kids. Dude, the just... Or the Nazi Pope. Probably the... Oh, right. the um, uh, Seraphim, or any of the dark forces from the uh, Devil's Garden. Speaking of Brooklyn, it does seem like this is one of the, the few kind of places in the United States where, uh, I mean, this is something you guys talk about a lot of on the show a lot, is this, this specter of the 2016 DNC primary that's still, like, looming over places like this, um, which is, is weird because before 2015, I feel like politically people... Here we're basically on the same page mm -hmm. with just about everything. 
Right. You know, like, there, there's a few things here and there we'd, like, make fun of. You we know. like iced coffees. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like iced coffee, and so does somebody who what else is there to a know? startup and, yeah, is a trust fund kid. You know, uh, so a lot of, we just kind of seem kind of all the same. But now there's there, there was just this split that still hasn't really gone away. It no, seems. You think it's going to uh, be sustained for, for the foreseeable future? I agree with Katie because if there's any kind of like sudden rejoining happening of the left in America, it's going to be on the establishment's terms. It's just going to be another ruling class uh, uh, fuckfest. And I'm yeah. sick of that fuckfest. <laughs> Amen. Let's get a new fuckfest fuck in, in town. Like, there's just so much dishonesty and hypocrisy that, uh, that sounds really original to say, but it's really mind-boggling and like and stunning. I can't get over it. Like people are just un incapable of having honest discussions about any of this stuff. And I feel like one of the good things that happened in 2016 was it really was kind of a filtering out. Like people were exposed. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, I think that there's obviously there are times to work together, and then there's times where you can't, and that's that's a hard thing to figure out. But I have to say, like with feminism, I feel like there needs to be a line, a red line. That thing that Obama talked about in Syria. I didn't. I want Syria. I want Syria. I want to know fly zones. Yeah, I'll go to pro choice rallies with you guys. But like, I just feel like I know that obviously one of them is like resting in the woods, pounding it out in the woods with wolves, and the other one is actually running around the country, much like he did for Hillary Clinton during her campaign. But um, like it's a, it's just a shorthand for lots of things, right? And uh, a proxy for lots of things, and just feel like it's articulated so many differences like it's not just that it's it's what is identity politics it's what is feminism um what is uh what are economic policies that are fair um as someone more engaged on feminism than the rest of this incredibly high tea room um, <laughs> <laughs> uh how, how do you what is your take on the uh the temperature of the feminist movement do you think it's mostly just reformist capitalists as a popular um yeah it depends on what we're like not to be all academic and cutesy about it but i guess it does depend on what we're defining as feminism or what we're calling feminism i think that the purely in your experience i mean in this case right but i mean it's like there are people who call themselves feminists who i would say are not feminists so and that's an annoying academic argument but like you're telling me horny male comedians who no, call themselves No, that's fine. <laughs> I like them more they're less hypocritical than the ones who i'm talking about like the pantsuit lean-in ones um I mean, you know, like, I feel like there just needs to be a litmus test, right? Which is, if you don't get why fight for 15, $15 minimum wage, minimum wage in general is a women's issue, you're not a feminist. Or you are a feminist, you're not my kind of feminist. Mm -hmm. I'll meet you in D.C., defend women's right to choose. Oh, no, that's actually really problematic. It's not a woman's issue. That's really, like, um, like uh, accepting the binary, and that's problematic. Like, you know, it's not, you're not allowed to say it's a woman's issue. You're not allowed to say of right to choose a woman's mm -hmm. issue? Yeah. If that's trans men. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm so bad at this whole thing, I really just shut the fuck up whenever yeah, that's I That's the thing. Do you see <laughs> the story dangerous. about a, a woman who wrote a piece, like, in Hypatia, I don't even want to say a feminist thing, where she basically, she doesn't deny transgender um, experience, existence, identity, but she kind of pushes back on, she's like, well, that's all true. But what does that, how is that different from the transracial thing, right? Like, why is that a totally legitimate, acceptable position mm -hmm. identity, which it is, she mm -hmm. says, which it is, 
But what is it about the transracial thing, like about Rachel Dolezal or whatever, that's not? Mm -hmm. And she got thrown under the bus. All these professors signed letters against her without having read the piece. Oh, no. whatever, that, that published it. They revised it a thousand times. All of a sudden, they're throwing her under the bus. Anyway, but you just what you just said, I just shut up about it. I mm -hmm. feel like it's a very scary thing. I'm not at all. I do this, too. I'm not oh, no, I want to hear your opinion. It's a very scary thing that we all do. We're like, I'm not going to go there. Well, because I don't want to be yelled at. Exactly, <laughs> and that's really scary. And it's like this total fascist tendency on the left. And I know that sounds so corny, and I'm not making that thing, mm -hmm. but oop, they become they meet at the opposite end of the spectrum. Blah, blah, blah. Not You're on that. the Ben Shapiro show. We want to hear all sides. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, it really is like disturbing, because I find it in myself, too, this self-censoring. And I'm not pretending I'm a victim, and now I have to say that, because as a straight, white, cis woman, if I don't say that, I'm equating my struggle with the struggle of disenfranchised people, which I'm not. There's so many, like... Barriers you have to put up before yeah. you can even say yeah. what your opinion is. Like six is... feet of disclaimer. Right, and it, what, what, I've noticed something in common. And my, I was guilty, def, definitely guilty of this for a while. Still mm -hmm. am, but uh, as like a white male comedian, um, spent a lot of time if, when you get political punching white males. You know, mm -hmm. and as if we're somehow like better, like the best kind of white male or monoliths. Yes. A model at the white man. Uh, you should make very class specific jokes. You should. That would be cool. Like punch down, punching down, like. Y'all ever notice the bourgeois yeah. go to the ball? Yeah. And they're getting off the segways. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but is that bourgeois? Isn't that working class? Segways? Yeah. I, I haven't seen a segue okay. in so many years. I assume they were being hidden from me. Paul Blart was for, I don't know if he would be bourgeois. Oh, yeah. You heard it here, folks. The elite class does not want to see you to see the segways they own. Right. <laughs> They're floating because they'll be—they know you'll be jealous of how much you walk. Right. Yeah. But it, if you try to like what someone I'm trying to do lately with comedy is just be—you know—just say like, "Yeah, I when I'm in the same room as a black person, I want to make sure they know that I know a rap song." Right. Do, yeah. Okay. Which is an honest. I try. I try to. To be an honest thing, but there are people who would. Uh, well, that's, gonna... You're not punching. I mean, we talked about this the other day. People are so dumb. We talked about this with Angela Nagel. People are so yeah. dumb at breaking down satire or humor. Like, you are clearly making fun of yourself in right. that joke. You are the person being punched at. You're punching self, right? Yeah. Not punching down. Mm. Um, it's like Fight Club. Right. And what we see now is, it's is punching. Like Club. Yeah, it's punching <laughs> self, but you're externalizing the self. You're like, right. ma you're making fun of white guys, but not you, the white guy, just these other right. white guys, you know? Right. And it's, and then if you try to get a little bit interesting or, you know, uh, play with the contradictions, then that's problematic. Uh, do you experience that game as a male comedian? Well, everybody just, uh, I mean, I self-identify as a Latino, you know? Latinx. Uh, it's Latinx. Uh, that, uh, that is also true. I'll be editing out your comments. And uh, <laughs> I can see why me saying Latino would be problematic, but uh, I grew up before they threw the X on oh, the no, back of the word. Problematic. Yeah. So, oh, no, I don't care. Your whole childhood is problematic. Right. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's funny. It, it's how it's how we change. Like, it's the National Association of Colored People, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, at one time, that was the word, and then it became black, and then it became African American. <laughs> and as these terms keep changing, uh, usually and at best, when it's by the community themselves identifying themselves with those terms. Like, I grew up with uh, my family being like, hey, you're Mexican, or you're Latino, I'm mm -hmm. Latino, whatever. 
and now Latinx is something that's come up in the last two years, and it's cool. People can call themselves that, and I'm fine with it. Sounds like an Earth 2 comic book series. But it's like... Latinx! You know, but I like Bill Burr's thing where he's like, ah, give me a chance to catch up! (laughs) You know, in the same way, it's like, yeah, give me me a chance to catch up with how you want me to (laughs) self-identify. But yeah, I'm down with all my Latinx brothers and sisters and sis... Siblings, siblings, comrades. Siblings. All my, com- all my commie comrades. All my sizzlords. Uh, but depending on the, you know, I've always found identity to be something interesting to play with, and uh, because I look to a lot of people mm-hmm. very Jewish. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, that's the reason I see it. Katie decided to pick me as a co-host. Yeah. Like, What's up, Jew? You boy? look like you're yeah. good at money. Good yeah. at showbiz. Yeah. You know, like... we we're like a transracial friendship. Because, like, I look more uh, Latin, he looks more Jewish. So cool. And I'm Jewish, and he's Latin. Yeah. I really am looking to have one of those one day. Yeah. They're, they're great. You never know where they're going to take you. Could be a radio show. To be I really... See, <laughs> with those, I really wish she was uh, more articulate about... Or she had, like, a very a better um, argument for herself. Because she refuses to say that she's white passing. And oh, Rachel just, Dollar, Rachel Dollar, yeah, yeah. If she owned that, she was like, "Yeah, I do look white. I am white, but I still." Well, the thing of... is, she's here's okay. This is very unpopular, but our first episode actually, we had people come on the show, uh, Sarita McFadden and and Rebecca Carroll come on, and then we had Eva Farkas come on from Metro Council on Housing. But the first two women had written about this stuff, and it's so funny because I would can you imagine our having a show about that the way we did then? We were just <laughs> finding our bearings. We were very liberal at that moment. So um, the thing that I always said, and I don't think I felt comfortable enough saying that, that at that point, was like, there's a lot to criticize and unpack with that story. She doesn't, she's getting rid of, she's relinquishing white privilege as almost as much as she can. She's not relinquishing light-skinned privilege, right? Because some people, like, it would be white privilege if she, like, applied for a bank and went on dates as a white person, but then, like, was NAACP professor, activist, as a light-skinned black person. She never stops being that, performing that. The issue, I always thought that this, it was weird, didn't come up more, is the light-skinned versus dark-skinned. Like, the aesthetic advantages of being a light-skinned woman, or of a a woman of color who could pass as multiple things. Yeah, she really, I mean, honestly, like, thinking about it now, it's like, the performance of it is giving up all, all the privilege. There might be perks, like, and I've heard white comedians talk about, or white people in general, be like, "Man, it'd be cool to be black for a day." I thought that <laughs> like there's this, yeah, like it's like, oh man, it'd be cool if I could do all of these stereotypical things, it, the good things, like I right. could play basketball and have a right. giant genitals. <laughs> oh, I wish <laughs> I had a female. giant. Genitals. What if, what if you turn into a black guy that sucks at basketball and, <laughs> and is hung like a cashew? Yeah. Oh, you know. Sad. Or what, what, whatever these cool things are. But if you're, like, living that all yeah. day, every day, there's so many other, um, it, what is it, subconscious uh, ways that you're being judged. Right. So she definitely, like, gave herself, uh, if, if the world was Dungeons and Dragons, a character with, like, much less charisma, hit points, like, all She of, put everything into stealth. Yeah. Right <laughs> away, yeah. Yeah, so... And I feel like people are afraid to make that point. Because it really isn't like a PC point, but it's true. No one wants to do that. No one will touch it. But the, our shows—you heard it here first, right. ladies and gentlemen. But it's true. It's like so weird that people are. It, it goes back to the thing with that woman who made that, wrote that piece where everyone was criticizing it. It's like 
It's really scary to see people just shut up about stuff or not go there, not defend someone. I mean, not to be all corny and like, if we, if we fail or... When the good do nothing. Yeah, but seriously, right. it's really annoying. It's like when the woke do nothing because they're trying to be right. woke or... I always see it as like, I want to be constructive to the conversation, but just in the vessel I'm allowed to do it in. I want to get a, like, someone who's not me to just say anything. <laughs> well, I feel like that's almost like the laziest point of view yeah. you can have. Yes. You're like, man, I wish there was a black I trans wish, woman dude, to do this Can you story. imagine if Bernie Sanders had been a black lady that would, like, the world oh, would be yeah. different? Every night, I imagine. Uh, well, I think about every this night. With, uh, with, uh, with, oh, we can take this to Obama. Right? Let's like, do it. So take like, it to Obama. There was like eight years where, uh, like, one, I'm going to make fun of whoever is in power. Mm -hmm. uh, two, I don't trust whoever uh, mm -hmm. the president is, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And These are your Jewish tendencies. Oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he does try to work in the administration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, why? We shouldn't be worshipping any of these people as heroes. They're all politicians, and they're all... Right, some agreed degree, 100%. Uh, corrupt, and, um, but, but there was this... Uh, I think uh, a pass that he got for years from uh, legitimate uh, progressives because uh, why would you attack the first black president? You know? Yeah. Uh, and then, but now I, on Facebook, I have uh, my friends who are black who are posting, oh, don't hate on him for the $400,000. Like, can a black man make this money? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, well, I'm not going to. I don't need a flame war on your page, but like, there's right. so but many then what reasons. you can do is you can, but the best thing is like, you can amplify. This is the best thing as like a white person, right? You see like a black person saying that, and you're like, I'm not gonna say anything. And then you see another black person respond in a critical way, like push it back, and you're just like, 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 like share, 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 screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. And people are like, don't hide behind. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just. I'm I have chosen my champion. Yeah. <laughs> you will meet them on the wall. Uh,. I, I just wanted to talk about this before we get to the end of the show. The Bedford Union Armory. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Struggle. Uh, intersectional. We're learning. We're learning and loving in this new intersectional struggle coming up. So, um, Bedford Union Armory is a. Uh, it's a building. It's a uh, building it's in building. Crown Heights that is up to be turned into. It's like a luxury. luxury well, it's luxury housing. Some of it's going to be affordable income housing, but it's Probably mostly not. going to be That's taken what out of the hands of the now. The it's, yeah, it's... Okay, but when we say affordable housing, uh, and how New York City talks about that with new developments, they take the median uh, income, or the, rather the median uh, uh, rent uh, for the entire for all of New York, New York, at, and the outer line suburbs, including Westchester. Jesus so, Christ, that doesn't seem fair. So the uh, me the median is seen, I think, at, at $90,000. $90, right. So uh, how many people here, even in, 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 think about this, listeners. Do you make $90,000? Because that's what uh, the, in air quotes, affordable housing would be for, if you for do. the lowest yeah. rung. In these developments. There's so much elite real estate, even just in New York City, without going to Westchester or anything, that it, if you had a block with three people on it, it would be like one of those houses being taken out by Swedish magnates finding offshore outputs for all their wealth, and then now all of your decisions collectively have to reflect their candy fish lifestyle and their godless bikes. <laughs> um, but uh, <coughs> even, even the like the 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 baiting they're offering people of like, oh, there's gonna be there's gonna be medium income housing. There'll be stuff you can afford at forty percent of uh, 
the median is still around, the average median household for Crown Heights is $41,000. That's less than half of whatever they're going for. So it'd be a small sliver of the buildings, could be somewhere you'd live, and then the rest will be uh, a great storage place for orgies and bikes. <laughs> Sounds like my apartment. <laughs> hey! But will there be a rock climbing wall? Do we there know will that? definitely. That is the one thing is you know there will be a rock climbing wall. Hell yeah, bro! I'm into it. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro! Uh, and so there, there are all these arguments of uh, you know, kind of bringing that building back into a community space. But uh, even the people who live in Crown Heights who are for that are, are um, so the thing they talk about in this Gothamist article, I could uh, link in the episode is that uh, the Crown Heights, the people who live in Crown Heights who want to take the building back are maybe union members or want to use union labor, but the unions won't take a building job that's unprofitable. So they want to build luxury housing. Mm -hmm. And it raises the question of where do you find uh, support for community spaces or anything that can be owned collectively under capitalism? It's, you can't. Really. Is this a plot to end every episode with a, or are you starting to end every episode on a on a riddle? Yeah. <laughs> if you can take your red sickle and slice through this Gordian knot. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it. At least there is a movement um, of you know ESA members who look like uh, me and Alex who are like there fighting with uh, people from Crown Heights who are like opposed to this being built. Um, and if even if it gets built. Yeah, it's intersectional. Ooh. And even if it does get built... Is it at an intersection? It, I'm sure. In well, New York City? Oh, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> but the, when people move into this place, assuming it does get built and it's like nice and fancy, they're going to feel bad about it, right? And that's right. better than nothing. Oh, you're saying like even if it sucks, at least let's have some healthy guilt. Yes. I don't think we should see that they're definitely going to build it already. <laughs> we're, we're, we're organizing 1.0. Accept failure and spin it into white guilt. <laughs> Get your material ready in advance. It's not going to go well. Right. Um, but optics, people. That's the way to do it. Uh, but we are, uh, next Friday, May 12th, is going to be a fundraiser for uh, DSA's housing committee. Alex and I are going to be hosting. We're going to awesome. In support of the Bedford Union Armory. In yes. support of housing for DSA members who are looking to get... That's right. We're right. going to move into yeah. the luxury building. Yeah. To an orgy palace. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going to be at Star Bar, 7 p.m. in Bushwick, oh, nice. uh, South of Jefferson Hill. We just got Josh Gondelman, who's one nice. of the best writers in New York City okay. on the show. It's going to be so good. Daniel Simonson's there, who's like one of my favorite comics in New York. Mary Houlihan, Elsa Wade. My mother may or may not be. Josh is also extremely nice. Yeah, he's it's so rare. Yeah, it's almost, and I will say this on air. That's his brand. A lot of I don't trust it. I don't trust it. He's he seems so genuine and pure that I'm like this guy's got a basement. Josh Gondelman, you've been too nice to me every time I've seen you. I don't trust him. I think I cried in front of him once, and now he needs to die. But thank you for doing our show, Josh. And guys, come out. It's pay what you want, so you could you know just have a fun time with me and Anders and all your friends. Give the address to Star Bar. Yeah, Star Bar. You know what? Shot, I'll look uh, it up now. Star Street. In, <laughs> in Brooklyn, USA. In Brooklyn, USA. It's also at Jefferson. Star Bar is 214 Star Street in Brooklyn. Please come out. We want to see you. Yes. And you can also check out the Katie Halper Show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show, yeah.
Yes. Any guys have Twitter handles you want to plug? At Gabe, G-A-B-E underscore P-A-C-H-E-C-O. Gabe, I tried to get that one. It was taken. I'm K-T House, which is letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S. And our hashtag is KT Help Show. So that's hashtag letter K, letter T, H A L P S H O W. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Love Chest. We'll be back next week.